back to Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the Weaker Vessel. Hello, everyone. If you want to get to know more about us, we are a part of the Reformed Rebel Network. You can go to our old website, rebelalliancemedia.com, and you can also check us out on social media, Reformed Rebel Network. You can catch all of our episodes in iTunes (laughs) or in uh, your favorite podcast catcher. We also have a ton of content on YouTube. Indeed. And if you want to financially support us, you can go to patreon.com slash reformed rebel. And if you become a patron, there's a whole bunch of goodies that you get, some exclusive content, some episodes that we recorded in video that are only for patrons and some extra, you know, director's cut deleted scenes mm-hmm. with those as well. Um, just a whole bunch of good content if you get involved and, you know, become a patron. But like like our pages, subscribe, comment. Share with your friends. That's one of the best things you can do is just send some links to your friends. Do it. Leaving reviews too. That's still a big thing, you know? Yeah. We used to say that all the time and then we totally stopped, but... If you leave reviews, it really helps our content reach a wider audience. It helps with the algorithms. Exactly. Got to beat those algorithms, everybody. (laughs) So if you want people to hear us, you got to do the things. Do the things, y'all. So we just had Easter, right? Probably. Yes. What? Top top two holy day on the church calendar. I mean, yeah. Easter that, that and Christmas, right? Well, yeah. Easter is for sure the high holy day, I guess you could call it, right. of the Christian faith. I know there's a lot of reform people who hate that. Right. Um, the super regulative principle ones what are I mean cringing by th- right now. What I mean by that is that the resurrection, what we celebrate every Sunday, and especially on Easter, is the greatest thing that has ever happened in human history. Exactly. Their whole world changed at that moment, right? Literally. Literally, the new heavens, new earth began at that (laughs) moment. So it was kind of a big deal. Um, If you had been following us, though, Erica, Sandra Rowlett, and myself helping a wee bit wrote a feasting and devotional guide uh, leading up to Easter. It was a 40-day thing, Mm -hmm. and we had devotionals every day and recipes every day. For you to have family over, friends over, and a feast with others. And... And then COVID happened. And COVID happened. (laughs) (laughs) That was kind of weird. How could we have ever foreseen that, though? You know? I mean, you really just can't. We started off strong. We did. We started off strong. And there were a few people who I think mostly stuck it out to the end. I think the social aspect, probably not so much. but (laughs) um, You know, forced by law. Yeah, in many cases. Anyway, so we're thankful for you guys. Do you realize that? By the end of it, it was like illegal to follow the prepared table. We are rebels in the truest sense of man. the name. That is so good. It just comes out. We don't even realize it. <laughs> but for those who did stick it out and stuck with us all the way towards the end, we were super encouraged by that. Erica and I both were 
really happy to see people enjoying it Mm -hmm. and being blessed by it. I got some messages the night before Easter, Mm -hmm. Saturday night, asking questions about recipes and stuff. And it was just so encouraging. Right. So you know who you ladies are and thank you for sticking it out. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So we'll do something with that product here in the future mm-hmm. and we'll make it available in some form or fashion yeah some people asked if we were going to do like a a small booklet or something sell a, a cookbook with the recipes yeah we'll figure something out they'll have to be some have a couple edits ideas. made first but perhaps yeah i have a couple ideas okay so we'll see it'll be good though but, but first of course, tonight oh, yeah before we get going we have to make a retraction. Is it a retraction or a just a clarification? <laughs> a clarification, really. Because I don't think there any, there's anything we're retracting. No. I've just always wanted to say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference between a retraction and a redaction? I don't know. Are they the same? I don't know. They sound the same to me. They sound fancy, whatever they are. So our last episode, we had a couple questions um, we knew we were going to get some heat for releasing that episode. Which we did say in the episode, <laughs> I think we... a couple times, we were like, this is going to be misunderstood, or we we're going to get happen. some hate for this. Yeah. Okay. So we would just like to go back and qu- qualify, I guess just, you could I say, clarify and just be able to tease out a little further. Okay. And maybe say some things that would clear the air or release some tension that may have been there yeah basically so first things first i think one of the things that we would have to state is just that um we were particularly discussing people who were doing quote online services end Mm -hmm. quote rather than just watching a sermon. And I know we I think I even said like watching sermons thinking it's the same thing. Yeah. You and I particularly were disturbed by churches who were doing the full-blown services mm-hmm. saying that they could do services online. Uh and you can talk about this, clarify a little bit, yeah. but we don't believe you can do a service online. No. You cannot do a true worship service in the sense that god wants us to online why grant because what god wants his people to do is to physically gather as a people and worship him Mm -hmm. and give him praise and exalt his name and and all that kind of stuff and then also um, receive from god renewal and nourishment and grace and all that happens there there's a us giving praise to him and there's a grace that he gives to us it's a whole it's a whole thing but it happens as the people are physically gathered it's unifying right and that in the truest sense of the word right when we take communion together we are all partaking in one table one body yeah and joined together and that is how a true worship service which i know many don't agree with this but a true worship service is a gathering around the table so why then would you be okay because you did preach a sermon that was released online do you have a problem with that in particular releasing a sermon or an exhortation um to people online 
No, not at all, because I wouldn't say that that is a worship service. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that people who watched that went to church, because mm-hmm. that's confusing terms. That's that's confusing. It even sounds confusing when you try to say that, Well, because right? it's just illogical. You didn't go to church. You didn't go anywhere. Right. You stayed though, home. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> These are not making sense. And so, was it edifying? Was it good to have members of a church um, all all on the same live feed kind of comment back and forth and say good morning and and you know say how you're doing good to see you good to talk to you and everyone be edified and built up and encouraged by uh you know somebody expounding the word of god 100 percent. yeah that we do that all the time we share sermons all the time i share uh, songs that I think are glorifying to God that I would like other people to hear and listen to mm-hmm. and also be encouraged. So songs and sermons and podcasts and all that kind of stuff, we share all the time because that's good. Right. But in no way would I say, you know, hey, did how many times did you go to church this week? Well, I listened to 10 sermons. I went to church 10 times this week. Right. That doesn't, that's, that's not, not the same what, thing. That's not the same thing. So, so no, I, I don't think that that's a contradiction right. of what we're saying. Cause and this might just different. be where um, how we would liturgically organize a service is just different from some people as well. Like what we would say biblically a church service ought to look like, perhaps by and large in the American yeah. church is just not. But I think even the ones who would disagree with us on that front, though there are still many, many thoughtful Christians that know their, you know, video sermon is not going to church. You know what I mean? Like they know that. I think there are a lot. The thing was, is that we were pushing back against a lot of friends that we have from wherever we grew up or from. Let's not name names. We we don't don't need any more. (laughs) No, but, but, uh, you know, different areas we've, you know, we've been along the way. And All walks of life. That's right. And we've lived many different lives. And they were. Feels like. (laughs) So true. But they were saying these things. Oh, so cool to go to church today from my couch. So cool to do yoga to get my mind right before I worship in my living room or whatever. Yeah. There's some really. We saw people baptizing their own children in a pool. In their driveway. In the driveway. And then like live streaming it. I mean, we have seen all manner of insanity. So, yeah, this, this was the catalyst that caused us to just be like, guys, this is not a substitute. We cannot just substitute what we do as a gathered people mm-hmm. with all this craziness that we're seeing. This, this is, but people were acting like they could. So that was where we were coming from. Mm-hmm. And and I think some people who are actually doing it right, they're being cautious, they're being prayerful, they're being thoughtful. We're thinking, hey, wait a minute, um. Are they saying everyone who watches a video sermon is is sinning? Is sinning? Are they the Certainly idolaters? Not. Are they the whores? Like we were saying, we were drawing out yeah, that we, biblical analogy. There were some of, that didn't like that we used that word. Well, you know, the biblical analogy of idolatry is whoredom. Whoredom, mm-hmm. and so we drew we drew that pretty picture out. <laughs> so anytime you take but, something that God has given to you and you dis make it. Uh, disorderly Mm -hmm. that is a form of whoredom right 
Would you agree with that statement? Because God orders things in a certain manner. And when you start changing up its function or its purpose, you are, in a sense, making that an idol. We would say across the board, like when you are a man and you were born a man mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you think, oh, I should I should be a woman because that's super trendy right now. Transgenderism is so hot right now. What you're doing, in fact, is disordering something God has given to you as a gift and you're making it something it ought not be. And in that particular case, what you're doing is worshiping yourself, worshiping your feelings or worshiping the attention that you would get or mm-hmm. worshiping there's an idolatry there's there. some yeah there's some nugget of idolatry there and that is whoredom yeah which leads to the inverse of proper created order now that's an extreme example because right. most of us aren't going to struggle with transgenderism but on a lower scale all of us struggle with this all of us yeah. struggle with disordering things and it could be children it could be your spouse it could be Education. I mean, it literally could yeah, be anything. All, all sin in our life can be traced back to some sort of idol, right? So we can we can start there. And our just hearts realize, are idol factories, right? Every sin is is some sort of idolatry, and so that's what we were saying. We were saying that all of us are guilty of that form of whoredom, and we just need to be watchful mm-hmm. in our own hearts and our own lives. Obviously, only the Holy Spirit can convict us individually of our right. sin. Grant and I were not trying to tell all of you what your sin was. Well, and and that's kind of the purpose of painting with a broad brush is we were trying to not be so narrow as to as to really think we were we knew. Imagine if we were like, or hey, uh, Sandra Rowlett, we know how you are acting the whore. Can you imagine if we did that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> over, <laughs> we'd be over so fast. <laughs> we would be. I mean, that would just be a terrible thing. False prophets. Stone Don't worry, them. Sandra. We won't do that. Stone them now, false prophets. <laughs> but like the one example we talked about with this idolatry thing, uh, where it can be so close, but still idolatry and muddied is a very popular example is the golden calf at the foot of Mount Sinai. Most people know the story of the golden calf, but one detail of that story that's interesting is that when Aaron... Uh, fashions this golden calf for the people of Israel, he calls the calf Yahweh. Yeah. He says, behold, Yahweh, who delivered you from Egypt. Right. He identified the calf calf as the same God that brought them out. Like, you can worship this. This will be the image that we pretend Yahweh is. And And what he's doing is he's saying here, this is the same as. And what we were saying about the, the worship service online that people are saying here's church they were saying this is the same as yes and we were saying that's idolatry that's the golden calf that's, that's the golden calf that's the right. switching of things out right and so again to reiterate there are many churches who are doing this right they're being thoughtful they're doing everything they can to still be biblical and, and to pastor still... nate p nate from the rebel podcast is a prime example yeah he really has said good many many times this is not a substitute right. this is not the same as well, we long for the day we do need to repent this is god's judgment mm-hmm. and he said it over and over and over again right yeah but many pastors are not doing that yeah many pastors are trying to just heal a wound softly and they're saying like Life is really hard, but praise God, we can still do this. Well, we saw... Which is true, 
Right. <laughs> but like, it's that healing of the wound softly, like it's I was flip- saying. It's yeah, it's flippancy too. Like, don't know? disregard the punishment still. Right. Exactly. The firm hand of God disciplining. Yeah. But yeah. That's that's the other thing is we we're trying to to encourage people to not ignore what you know what serious deep thing might be happening right now right well and it should be at least serious and deep for us on an individual level yeah don't yell peace peace when there is no peace right so i think we probably could continue on with that but i hope that clarifies at least yeah some of maybe where we just didn't tease out our thought well enough yeah i think we went like 55 minutes or something on that podcast and honestly we were we were trying to be vague and like yeah like you said paint if it we with got a broad detailed, brush. that would have been a long podcast but anyway i hope this does clarify for some people yeah and if you have questions shoot us a message yeah don't ever feel like you can't reach out to us grant van brimmer <laughs> <laughs> message me we would be happy to talk with you yes so on that note <laughs> Yeah. Let's talk about something else that will get us in trouble. <laughs> I love it. What else do we do on this podcast? So my sister-in-law and I had a really good uh, conversation today, and I'm sure she wouldn't mind if I used her name. So if you're mad, you can be mad at Marianne. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were discussing how we have seen... Um, all... What prompted this, though? Remember, it's in Brazil, right? Yes. Oh, that's a good... Yes, thank you. Yep. Um, the Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio. You know, it's that big famous massive statue. Massive Jesus. Massive Second Commandment violation. Oh, stop. He <laughs> has his uh, hands, like, reaching out, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yep. Most uh, people should know that statue. Yeah, if you don't, you can Google it. I'm sure you'll recognize it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they projected onto Jesus, onto the statue of Jesus... Uh, scrubs image of like jesus with a stethoscope around his neck and like basically looking like a doctor i mean the level of scary just keeps multiplying but so basically it was to honor all those doctors and nurses that Mm -hmm. are working so hard and so what they're saying is like see jesus we're gonna dress you up like our true messiah Right. We're going to we're going to make him look like the savior we really are looking to right now. Exactly. It was so telling, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, his 3 year of ministry, he did a lot of healing. I don't remember any stethoscope or any... <laughs> Turns out Jesus didn't need one. Turns turns out of no use to him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so this conversation happened because we saw this and we were talking about how in a godless society, vastly godless, what we need is a savior from our enemy. And our greatest enemy is death. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have no hope for, you know, after you die, yep. then you're terrified of death. Yeah, there, there's always the sin problem. And so people will always be looking for their justification. Yeah, And so they're always going to be searching for the savior to follow to look to, to put their faith in, to obey. And this may not will... be conscious either, right? No, no, no. It's, it's, and that's the thing. It's not a, ah, shoot. What's that Rush Dooney quote? It's, um, it's not weather, but which. Yeah. You know, it's, you're going to do it because it's how we're created. Right. And it's just the, 
It's just the nature and state of man. Right. It's just who we are. We're always seeking to justify ourselves. Because we are all sinners in need of a savior. And exactly. so that's just how our life is going to be lived. And especially with people dying around you. Right. It becomes real, right? It becomes yeah. a little more present. Your morbidity is flashed before your eyes in a mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. And so, yeah, when you're terrified of death, where do you look? Well, you can't look to Jesus, who is the great physician. So where are you going to look? Well, right now, doctors, nurses, um, you know, any medical worker is really being touted as these great messiahs. And lest you think Grant and I are anti-medicine, we're not. Not at all. We have many doctors, nurses in our family, uh, just in our immediate circle. I think there's like five or six, perhaps. I don't know. They're all over. There's a lot. Yeah. I went to school for nursing. I never actually became one because I got married and had babies. But like, this is Thank something you. that like we actually think is a great thing, right? We think yeah, that definitely. that becoming a medical provider is actually a very noble thing, and it can be um, used to glorify God in many ways. And the fact that Christians should have compassion towards the sick, and Christians should be seeking to. Um, just love on our neighbors, and if we can help them physically, we should. We have nothing against this at all. No, it falls under the realm of either whatever you want to call it, common grace or natural grace, which is just something good that God has woven into creation mm -hmm. that mankind uses for our good. And here's an example of how it can be used for good. In Central Park right now, there are field tents set up by Samaritan's Purse. Yep. Yeah. Um, and they have hospital beds open. They're caring for walk-in patients. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have insurance. All of it's free of charge. Yep. Um, what a great example of just like Christian love. Right. Exactly. They want nothing from you outside of just to help you with your physical needs. And actually on Easter Sunday, I saw your chaplain actually shared a video of a lot of the workers Samaritan Purse volunteers who went out into the field there at Central Park and just started singing hymns. That's fantastic. Like, when was the last time hymns were sung in mass at Central Park? <laughs> probably, like... Who knows? 80 years or something. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I don't even know. But there's probably literally, like, 100, maybe 150 people just singing classic Christian hymns in Central Park on Easter Sunday because they went out there to take care of the sick. That's great. I love that. Yeah, that's really cool. But you know what they're not doing? They're not posing for pictures saying, love me, give me glory. They're singing and giving glory to God. Right. There's a difference. And I'm not saying anyone who posts a picture on Facebook that they're a nurse or whatever is wrong. I'm just saying there clearly is a difference between being a glory seeker versus working for the Lord. Yeah. And the thing is, is when you when you really kind of compare the two, it is a religion because to follow them and get the salvation from them, right? They have their own, they have their own purity laws mm -hmm. that you need to follow. You need to wash your hands twenty seconds, which is actually a biblical law. Just which, saying, which is from the Bible. They still truth. borrow from the Christian worldview. Wear your face mask. And, you know, social distance, and they have all these purity laws. Once again, laws, biblical laws. <laughs> all this law. Well, and, not the way they're doing social distancing. No, because they're telling healthy people to right. socially distance. But the thing is, is it's still a come to me, trust me, 
I'll give you commands. To and I'm the ultimate me. authority. Yep. I and if you don't follow me, there will be punishments. Mm-hmm. And I will provide you salvation. I promise you life. Right. If you follow my ways. And then it even goes further into insanity because the fool this is this is foolishness. Thinking they became wise, they became fools. Mm-hmm. At eight o'clock every night. Oh my gosh, y'all. I was scared the first time this happened. I don't is this happening all over our city? Yes, no, this is happening all across oh, yeah, like it in all different in Colorado, countries. Right? Yeah, it started in Colorado. And maybe you already know where I'm going with this, but eight o'clock at every every night, in order to honor healthcare workers, they are telling everybody eight PM to howl. Go outside and howl. Go outside and howl. Like a wolf. And just be as loud as you can so that way the healthcare workers know that you care. It's like pack mentality, right? Like we yeah. howl because But this is church bells, right? This is like yeah. This is we need to do our daily prayer to the God. We need to do our right? I mm-hmm. mean that's exactly what this is. Exactly. And they'll they'll keep adding stuff. I've seen tons of stuff. They've done stuff here on the base where um you drive around and honk and do all this craziness that they're doing. Well, just they're to continue to food, pay homage. Buying food for the medical workers. Which once again, like in principle, I don't have a problem with you buying a meal for a nurse. Right. I mean, you're a soldier and people have bought coffee for you and whatnot before. Like I don't there's nothing wrong with just honoring someone because you appreciate them. That's right. fine in principle. What we are coming up against are people who are looking to these doctors and nurses as their messiah. Mm -hmm. And I just want to play something for you real quick, okay? You got it. Okay. Ready? Ready for this? Because we brought the number down. God did not do that. Fate did not do that. Destiny did not do that. So that is our wise leader. Governor Cuomo, I don't know if you could hear it in the video. It's terrible sound effects, I'm sure. But Cuomo basically just said New York City's um, numbers are going down. Numbers are going down. And God did not do that. Faith did not do that. We did that. Medical professionals are doing that. It was not God. Yeah. And I I just want to be like, hey, hey man, there's a guy in the Bible named Nebuchadnezzar. You might want to read the story and beware because... Whenever you have that much pride yeah. against God, it doesn't end well. Yeah. So this is just something that we wanted to talk about briefly. I think we're not going to belabor this point. Yeah. Um, just be aware that there is a sharp divide being drawn. Mm-hmm. And it's the science versus faith. Mm-hmm. Cuomo himself said it. It is, our, it is us. It is our medical workers. It is science who has saved us thus far. It is not God. It is not faith. Right. And so I'm just saying it's something to be watchful of and be considerate of and make sure you don't get sucked into the lie. Right. Walk circumspectly. Mm-hmm. You know, beware. Walk around with your eyes open and pay attention to uh, what you're being what you're being preached because they have their sermon too, right? Right. And if you know someone who is a doctor or a nurse or a healthcare provider, rather than just praising them and like, you know, stroking them on the back and saying, you're so wonderful, you're so great. If you want to offer them real encouragement, offer scripture to them. Offer to pray with them or for them. That's great. 
they probably are super stressed out. But like us making them into these like false little idols, these golden calves, mm-hmm. that's not actually helpful or encouraging. What is encouraging is the word of God. And and honestly, it will destroy them because since they are not God, they cannot bear that weight. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm sure there'll be a redaction or a retraction or whatever we're calling it <laughs> next week because someone will be mad at us for this. Maybe. Um, Please take our qualifications. We are obviously not discouraging any encouragement towards healthcare workers. We're just starting to see, obviously very clear in the stethoscope projection on a statue of Jesus. And the crazy Cuomos of the world saying that, that, that Jesus there, isn't actually doing anything. Yeah, that there is a Messiah complex being placed upon healthcare workers right now. Yep. That's all we're saying. And it is clear that if you look at all the laws you follow and all that other stuff. It's, I mean, I think it is clear. It's yeah. just whether or not we want to see it for what it is. Yeah. So, so we got to be discerning, right? We just have yeah. to have discernment. Also, I'm Christians. pretty sure this episode's going to go out unedited because we're recording this like the night before it's supposed to go out and yeah. it's already kind of late. Forgive so we'll have us. no time to edit it. So if the quality of this podcast is terrible, I'm really sorry. Our closet is still broken. It is. We're still in our bed in quarantine. <laughs> Someday it'll get better. Forgive us, everybody, but we still hope that you enjoyed it and that you were edified and encouraged. And, and don't worry, up. Sandra, I won't tell them about your whoredom. She might, though. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. We pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. And until next time, get woke. Yeah. Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search. They say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gained, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect this at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart from original sin, the effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a dark state, Alaska in the winter time, sour in our frames, left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames, cause we're powerless to change, if you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily, as you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3. Verse 1 is my thesis, it's the deepest truth that should get you speechless What scripture teaches will fill in the missing pieces Picture Jesus meeting up with Nicodemus Perhaps it was fright about the other Pharisees Wicked spite against Christ that turned this into naked night He called the rabbi and gave him props Said he was a teacher from God Jesus replied, made him stop Regarding the kingdom of God, no one's going in In fact, you can't even see it unless you're born again That must have consumed and stretched his mind Cause he said, can a man enter his mother's womb a second? Naturalistically, the only way for him to hear it Jesus said you must be born of the water and the spirit No other way to enter heaven That sounds like Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27 In this new birth, the spirit is the source and the agent The water symbolizes spiritual purification Flesh can only produce flesh, that's true and factual Regenerating work of the spirit is supernatural It's kind of like the wind, which is free East to west can't receive the steps You can only see its effects in the same way The Holy Spirit chooses who he pleases to sovereignly 
open their eyes to the truth of Jesus. For the spirit's mysterious operation uh -huh. We would all be under serious condemnation I'd still be rejecting the sun If God hadn't said let there be light Like Genesis 1, yeah And just like the light could not refuse to shine Irresistible grace has renewed my mind Let's exalt the king who died and truly is risen The new birth is not the effect of human decision But the cause, it changes our natural habitation The situation, it's a radical transformation I was cursed and polluted So my dirt was inexcusable with new internal his person is beautiful, his worth is indisputable The lamb is amazing, a standing ovation for his work in the crucible So let us respond with true worship and love To the God who has given new birth from above yeah.